Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Dare to Dream Bigger podcast with me, your host, Clay Yosa, author of Dare to Dream Bigger and mentor to passionate world changers. And today I want to share with you five unmissable lessons I've learned from the seven-week detox I've just done from social media. So if you've ever wondered how it would feel to take seven weeks off from the big screen or how you could improve your relationship with social media so it doesn't take as much of your time and energy, please listen or watch on. And the show notes for this episode will be at clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 043. So I decided back in July I needed to go cold turkey. I've been on social media for 10 years now and I needed a break. It had got to the stage where all the different platforms were taking so much of my day, so much of my time was spent adjusting the size of this image for Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or ads or YouTube headers or... And it wasn't adding value anymore. I was overwhelmed by the noise, yeah? Like for me, as an introverted entrepreneur, sometimes social media feels like standing in a room with 5,000 people all screaming for attention. And I was underwhelmed by the connection. You see, I realized this was my unmissable lesson number one. The reason I go on social media is for connection. It's to get to know people and for people to get to know me. And it wasn't happening because I found that social media was feeling more and more superficial. It was more and more glossy and perfect. And it had got to the stage where to get your message out there, you had to invest serious sums of money just to get it in front of a handful of people. It all felt like it had got out of balance. So my unmissable lesson number one is social media was not meeting my needs for being on there. I remember when I set up my account back in 2007, both on Facebook and Twitter, my primary motivation was to connect with people I hadn't seen in years. As I've grown my business, it's been to get to know potential clients, to find out what's bothering them, what's keeping them awake at night, to help them get to know me so they can see if we're a good fit for working together. I don't know about you, But so many of the conversations on social media, due to their hugely public nature, you don't get to dive below the surface. The only time somebody lets you do that is when they're really stuck in a drama, which drags you down too. That wasn't doing it for me either. I didn't want to do that to other people, so I was not sharing my dramas at all. And I found I wasn't putting the real me there on social media anymore. People were just seeing the great bits, and when life fell apart, I just went quiet because I didn't want to upset people. So, having learned that lesson, that my motivation for being on Facebook was to connect and it wasn't working, I'm actually leaving most of the Facebook groups I'm part of particularly the ones where you've got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand people. I mean, how can you build relationships in a room of nine thousand people, yeah? And I'm going to focus on the ones that lift my spirits, that really add something to my life. Similarly, since 2007, I've opened a lot of Facebook groups. I'm going to merge all my free groups into one. That is the one that's for readers of Dare to Dream Bigger for passionate world changers, entrepreneurs, who are hungry to make a bigger difference in the world. That is the only one of my free groups that will still exist by the end of next week. And I'm gonna lovingly shepherd anybody who wants to move into Dare to Dream Bigger. 
the other thing I'm doing to facilitate that deeper connection with people I can help is I'm taking most of my work off social media, okay? I'm gonna be launching my monthly tribe membership next week. And most of what we do there is actually gonna be in my private forum. Yes, there will still be a Facebook group because the tools are useful, the technology helps. But I want us to be able to connect more deeply. I want people to feel safe to open up and say, I want to achieve this on my journey and I can see I'm blocked in that way without being scared that Facebook's gonna suddenly change its privacy settings and leave that open for the whole world to see. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but there's so many groups I've been part of that were closed groups where people thought the discussions were private, where the owner suddenly made them public so that everybody could see what was going on and you suddenly think, wow, that person just washed their dirty laundry in here last night and suddenly it could be on the front page of the paper. So I want to create a safe space for passionate world changers to really dive in deeply and do the work, that inside work that matters, to admit where they're stuck and confused, to celebrate their successes without feeling like they're being silly. And that is gonna be my primary focus as far as social media goes. So my second lesson I learned was, I've made notes of these for you, I was spreading myself too thinly and overgiving. So this is the thing is, Social media encourages you to give and give and give. And whilst connecting with people is wonderful, for me it had got out of balance. I was giving too much, I was spreading myself through too many groups, I was trying to support too many discussion threads, I had lost my focus, those that were following me were feeling overwhelmed, too much was happening in too many places. So, having done some inside work on the overgiving, because nobody asked me to overgive, it was me, I take full responsibility, it's coming back into balance. What is available for people who want to hang out in my Dare to Dream Bigger group is still going to be inspirational and useful. But if people actually want me time, they're going to need to be in the tribe group. I can't spend as much time in my free groups as I was and still have the energy left to grow a sustainable business so I get to make the difference I'm here to make in the world and still have time to see my kids and do the thing that happened this summer when I gave up social media for seven weeks, which we'll come to in a minute. <laughs> so number three, we use social media to judge ourselves, okay? When you look at those beautiful adverts, that's somebody's launch. They're paying $1,500 a day in advertising to get that in front of you. They've had their hair done, their makeup, they're on the beach. They want to sell you the dream that they're selling, but that's not real. And what I find on social media is it brings out the best bits of people and the worst bits of our lives, but nothing in between. And that's where the real is. Yeah, when we're on a high, great, but it doesn't last. And we end up comparing ourselves to other people's highs. And when somebody's on a low, they can drag everybody down around them and themselves. When you realize that most of what you're seeing on social media is not real, it's not authentic, it's airbrushed, it's glossy, it's crafted, it's carefully created, then you can stop comparing yourself. You can set yourself free from comparisonitis, which is one of the big blocks we talk about in Dare to Dream Bigger. 
And social media can make it so much worse if you're already running that tendency. And I found for myself, although I thought I dealt with those blocks, there was obviously another layer coming up to be cleared. So I did that over the summer and I feel a bit more immune to it now. I've got the perspective back and I don't feel the need to use social media to beat myself up anymore. You know, comparing how many likes a post gets to somebody else's, comparing how many shares, comparing comments. At the end of the day, none of that matters. If what you've posted makes a difference for one person, that's what's important. So, number four, the tail was wagging the dog with social media. Instead of doing what I do best and doing it well, which is what my mentor from years ago when I was trained to be an NLP trainer, Robert Smith, used to preach, I was doing what social media told me to do. <laughs> I was adapting what I was doing to meet the ever-changing needs of the social media giants. Rather than doing what felt right to me, I was posting when they told me to. I was doing what the algorithm said I should. I was changing how I ran my business to suit the platforms. Now, I know that a lot of the strategies around that stuff do work, but it just didn't feel real for me anymore. And I don't want to do that. So in future, I'm going to do what I love doing. And yeah, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, fine. I still enjoyed it. So for example, for my tribe members, we're going to get a weekly live stream on a Monday morning, setting our intentions, our focuses, our comfort zone stretches for the week. And I'm going to share all sorts of useful resources in there. We're going to have this clear strategy. We're going to have the accountability. We're going to have that deeper connection. Some of it will happen on Facebook. Some of it will be in the private forum, but it's going to be a chance to really get to dive in more deeply and do that inner work, and then really celebrate the successes we create. And I don't care what the social media platforms tell me about how I should market that, and about how I should help get the word out there, because if somebody watching this, if you watching this think, oh god, yeah, tribe membership, and it's going to be affordable, and it means that I'm going to get Claire really in my corner, shouting for me, helping me, if that resonates with you, I trust that the universe will get the message to you. So that was my next lesson, was the tail was wagging the dog and I was changing how I ran my business to suit the ever-changing needs of social media. The next lesson, which I'm hoping is number four, but I've lost count, how about you? <laughs> is it was my biggest procrastinator. I was using social media to avoid the things I was putting off. If I was low on energy, but I couldn't quite be bothered to go and get myself some decent food or go and take the dog for a walk, I'd hang out on Facebook for a bit. If I needed to stretch a comfort zone, I'd suddenly be really busy and have to do loads of Facebook live streams. It was my way of avoiding the things that would make the biggest difference. And it was one of my biggest excuses. Feeding social media was taking so much of my energy that I managed to manifest not having the energy to do the things I really wanted to do that would really matter. It was, yeah, my biggest avoidance strategy. No more, it's gonna be strategic, it is already. I'm gonna be in at certain times of the day. The app is gonna be on my phone solely for live streams, not for updates. And you know, if people have to wait a couple of days for an answer, the world in most cases will continue turning, okay? The next lesson I learned, number five, 
is how powerful social media can be, how we can use it for a force for change. I was thinking back, because I had so much more time, because I wasn't on social media, about some of the really positive things it's done in my life. It helped me to co-lead the EU VAT Action Campaign, getting international tax law changed, getting the way the British government works with micro-businesses changed, helping to lead a group of thousands of businesses to create a really positive campaign so that together we could make a difference. We even got EU VAT trending on Twitter. <laughs> the opportunities for us there with social media when we are the boss of our social media instead of worshipping it like a god and doing whatever it tells us to are huge. The ability to use social media to get your message out there in a way that resonates with your dream audience, with the confidence that you need to have, connecting with people, getting creative using it for accountability to keep you committed and sharing and celebrating each other's successes. It can be a force for good, but it's up to us how we choose to use it. We can use social media to uplift everybody, to create a movement, to change the world, or we can drown in that overwhelm of drama, of complaining, of shouting for attention like a child that needs a hug. So I hope you found that useful today. I've got some really exciting news, what I think is exciting. <laughs> With the time that was freed up from social media and lots of the other electronic stuff that I just ditched for seven weeks, I've actually written my first two novels. Now, if you hung around with me for a while, you know I've published five books, but they're all non-fiction books. And I was running a big block from my school days that I couldn't write a story. I did some inner work over the summer and the first novel is currently with my editor. The second novel's waiting for her feedback. My husband's read them both and says he loves them, which was really scary, but fabulous. And keep an eye on your inbox if you're a subscriber. If not, please do sign up. Go to claireyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 043 to find out when the book is launched. And I've got some really exciting plans around that. But I also am gonna be sharing with you the journey I took over this summer to do that inner work. Whenever a block came up, I found writer's block was always, 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 always down to a fear of not being good enough. <laughs> Whenever I felt totally in alignment and excited by my story and believing that I could write it in a way that readers will love, the words flowed. 3,000 words in an hour, okay, unedited, but that was no big deal. If I was sat there going, but what if nobody likes this? What if they decide, oh my God, it's gonna get one-star reviews on Amazon and everybody's gonna say I'm a failure. Maybe I need to use a pen name to hide behind. I'd be lucky to get 500 words done in an hour. So I want to teach you over the coming months all the tools I've used for this, not because I expect you to go and write a book, but because whether you're writing a book, creating an online course, doing a podcast, um, giving a speech, whatever difference it is you make in the world, and however you do it, being able to instantly tell when you're in alignment and flow, and when you're in fear-based blocking, is vitally important, and it will make such a difference for you. And I wanna give you the how-to on that over the next few months. So I hope you found it interesting today. Hello. I am back <laughs> and it's great to reconnect with you. Please do say hi via the comments. Let me know what you've been up to this summer and I'd love to hear from you. 
How has social media been playing a part in your life and your business? If you could imagine taking a break from it, what lessons might you learn? And are there any actions that you're going to take as a result of what I've talked about today? I'd love to hear from you via the comments if you're finding this on one of my social media channels and via the comments on my website if you're at the show notes for the podcast, clayosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 043. And most importantly, Dare to Dream Bigger is one on Friday, the 22nd of September. It is a year since this beauty was published and I've been honored at how many people helped me to create it and get it out there and also who've used it to step up to the next level on the difference that they're here to make in the world. If you're one of them, thank you. If you've not got it yet, big bookshop in the sky, Dare to Dream Bigger, or your local bookstore, most of them you can order it in. Dreambiggerbook.com is another way to find it and get a copy from me. And I'm throwing a party. I'm running a mini summit interviewing five inspirational women who are passionate world changers on the inside work they've done. We're decoding the secrets behind their success, moving away from the strategies and the blueprints and the cheat sheets to what really works. Yeah. I'm also running a competition for the first time ever to win three months of accountability mentoring with me, which is a whopping great big prize if you want to step up to the next level. And I'm running a live masterclass on Friday the 29th of September. One of the biggest things that gets in the way of us making the difference we're really here to make is time. It's the biggest excuse, and I'm using that word intentionally and looking in the mirror too, yeah? Now, one of the questions I get asked most often by people is, Claire, how do you get so much done? Yeah, okay, how on earth did you write two novels in one summer and still just about see your kids and eat and wash your hair? I do time management very differently to how the books tell you that you should. In fact, I think time management is the absolute wrong place to start if you need more time for your dreams. So I want to share with you the exact how, the strategies, the deep down inside work I do when I find time getting in the way so that you can learn how to find the time to grow your business, even if you're secretly stressed and overwhelmed without giving up on sleep or never seeing your loved ones again. If you want to join that, any of the party stuff, clareyosa.com forward slash party. C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A dot com forward slash party. I'm going to wrap that up here for now. I hope you found this installment useful. I'd love to hear from you via the comments. And the next episode is going to be the first in my series of five interviews. So make sure you subscribe to Dare to Dream Bigger on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, because on Friday morning, you're going to get an incredible interview that might just change the way you see your world forever.